Hey everyone, welcome to the most recent episode of the Global Skiing Podcast. I'm sorry it's been a while since I've done an episode, but there's been a lot on my plate. A couple of projects, one of which is bigpictureskiing.com has been on my plate, business has been going really well, and of course recently the coronavirus thing. So anyway, I hope you enjoy this most recent episode where I interview Thomas Marnix. Now I found him on Instagram and his skiing really caught my eye as he really skis with the forces and he looks very natural, um, big angles, but really powerful and strong as he's a firm believer in inclination and really getting the body to, to line up naturally. And so we talk uh, about some interesting things from uh, horses, animals, kayaking, rollerblading, uh, to skiing, and we tie all these all together in, in a really interesting episode where you hear Thomas's background, um, how he went to the US to learn from the USSA coaching system, his sort of battles with um, hearing what certain associations talk about, like with counter-rotation and not really uh, hearing good reasons as to why and not feeling that it's very powerful and then going on his own discovery of, um, you know, being more aligned and, and using different movements, which you'll find out uh, more similar to what he feels in, in kayaking because I must say this guy has been in a couple of kayak films and is a pretty crazy kayaker, like extremely good. Anyway, he's a lovely guy. I had a great time talking with him. I think we see uh, see skiing for, through a very similar lens. Um, it was it was really interesting talking to him. So I hope you enjoy this episode. And on a final note, uh, my most recent project, BigPictureSkiing.com, is up and running on the web, and it's currently got uh, seventeen different videos on there, ranging on uh, ranging from different topics. Um, online lessons for bumps, carving, short turns, four and a half balance, um, webinars, lots of things in there and, and I'm adding things every week. So if it's something you're interested in at the moment, uh, sort of being in this lockdown environment, learning more about your skiing and having a greater understanding, I, I'm putting everything I know and have learned over the years about skiing into this website. So uh, please check it out and you can use the code uh, all capitals global skiing at checkout to receive 25% off uh, any subscription plan. Anyway, I finished with that. I uh, hope you enjoy this episode with Thomas Marnik. So the great thing is, like yeah. we we don't know each other from a bar of soap, uh, really. So so tell yeah. me, like what what got you into skiing? What's your What's your background? Why are you now coaching, you know, athletes and, and, and really sort of, yeah, out there with trying to, trying to get your message of good skiing across? Yeah. Uh, well, I started to ski when I was a little kid because I didn't have a chance not to start skiing. So my parents, they are like big fans of skiing. My father trained but he never was a like professional racer but he just liked to spend uh, a lot of time on the mountain and um so like my father was going to train and like he would pick all all the kids with him and we were spending like i didn't 
at the beginning I didn't really like it because it was cold and uh, the equipment was uncomfortable let's say and uh, so I'm I'm 37 right now and I started to ski at about I don't know two three so yeah. a long time ago and then I yep. uh, well I never I never raced myself um, because uh, like probably I would like to but when I when I grew up uh, my my life let's say um, it was a difficult time because uh, Soviet Union broke down and it was yep. like very difficult difficult for my family to to travel and and um like do sports so yes. there was a big there was a big break for about um eight ten years i didn't i didn't really ski yeah and then i and then i went back uh, into skiing and um i thought that okay like like let's go to do some ski instructor courses but at that time i didn't really I didn't really plan to work as a ski instructor. It was just um, because I wanted to check how how much I know about skiing and like how good or bad I am. So just it was yeah. it was more about understanding where I am, like what is my level of of skiing and understanding skiing. That was yeah. that was the reason why I started to 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 go to ski instructor courses. And then somehow I got hooked up and um, I liked it a lot and I just kept going. Started to work as a ski instructor, went through the, the whole system. Which my... system was this? So I was, I was uh, doing all my course, well, pretty much all my courses uh, with the Russian Association of Ski Instructors, mm -hmm. which, is, which is part of um, uh, Easier. Yeah. And... Um, and then I started to work in Switzerland. I got invited to work in Switzerland, uh, started to work here. And uh, so I went through the system and I really liked, so during all these courses, I really liked the, the aspect that um, you learn and like you meet different people and you get different information, different opinions. So I was trying to pick up like everything what I, what I could get from, from different people. And then, um, and then I started to like the Russian association though, they offered me, um, to become a trainer. Um, so I was working for a Russian association for about six years as a coach to run the courses. But then, but then I realized that I, um, I like I, I kind of got to the point where I wanted to propose my ideas. Yes. Um, and I had at that time I I started to have like a lot of experience because I had a chance to ski with like Italian um, coaches with the yeah. Swiss Swiss people, um, good level skiers, and it was my experience was um, like getting bigger and bigger and I wanted to share with uh, with the Russian Association but uh, at that time they didn't really want to have kind of a different opinion or whatever okay so we, we, we split and I had a feeling that I still want to go and and learn some new things 
So yeah. I went to I went to US uh, for um, for this uh, courses with the USSA. Yes. So but the it, but, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> right. Um, but um, same as as when I started to go to ski instructor courses, I didn't really plan to work as a coach. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you, you just you I went information and right 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 yeah. so i went there just to like, to see what is the um opinion about skiing just just like on the other side of the ocean right and yeah. um so i went there two times and i'm actually planning to go i was planning to go this may again but well all this situation with uh with the borders is is difficult now yeah. so i'll probably i'll probably go there next year We'll see. And then um, at some point I was, uh, well, and when, when I split with Russian Association, when I left them, I decided to open my own ski club. And um, but so it what was year more, was this? Uh, it was um, 2014, I guess. Okay, yeah. And, uh, or 15. But it's yeah about that time, yeah. And then I, but it, it was um, like the the ski club uh, I opened. It was more for um, also ski instructors who want to become better and uh, have kind of preparation courses. Yeah. And um, yeah, we, I started to do this, and actually, I'm doing it at the moment as well. So this is my uh, main income. And uh, so the thing got so big that um, next winter, I'm actually planning the whole winter starting from October until um, let's say beginning middle of May, I'm planning to go just to run the clinics in different places. Because right. talking about ski racing, um, at some point, I was just invited to help uh, you. Well, not to help, but just just got invited to have to run the technical preparation camp for um, women's team. It sounds like big, but actually, the team in Ukraine is is very small. So there are like just three, four people, and. Um, so, so you, we did this. I didn't even ask. So you you are Ukrainian. That is your heritage. no no I, no no no. I'm I'm okay. from Latvia Latvia. No. Um, but I um, when I started to go to ski instructor courses, I actually moved from Latvia to Europe, like to Alps, and so I'm I'm in the Alps for last twelve years. Okay, so that's but, what, uh, what yeah yeah. But why yeah. like my my first language is Russian. So mm -hmm. all these countries like Ukraine and uh, like ex-Soviet Union countries, um, yeah. that's, that's, that's the, my, let's say, client, base of my client because we yes. all speak the same language and it's yes. very easy. And um, yeah, that, that was probably also one of the reasons why I got invited uh, to, to do this camp with uh, Ukrainian girls. And then I worked with them since that time. So they, they really liked it. And since that time, I was uh, helping them. And my two years ago, my, my season, I was spending with them. 
uh, as a technical coach. And then again, we decided, and then again, we decided to split. There, there was one girl um, who was the leader of the team. Yeah. She wanted, she wanted to train with me the full time. So yep. the last season, uh, I spent just coaching her. But unfortunately, uh, the situation in Ukraine is like very, very bad in terms of corruption and stuff. Well, okay. I don't know if I don't know if I want you to mention this thing in later on, but um, it's it's difficult. So it was like very difficult to get money. Well, we actually didn't get mo any money from um, Federation. Yeah, and um, and then she, after the season, she decided to quit to retire let's say uh, because yeah. uh, because everything what we did was um, supported by my ski club well actually by myself yeah and she was and she was feeling kind of um, bad that um, I'm paying for her and and trying to <laughs> like bring her up but uh, can I, I ask it. how how was she how was she uh, how were her results going well, I was, um, we were working a lot on technique and doing drills as, um, because like, I, I believe that as a ski instructor, I believe that, um, you cannot reach the high level without, uh, like basic understanding yep. the basic things. So yep. we were working and she, she was, she was a good skier. She was the Olympian in, she, she went to Olympic games in South Korea. Yeah. Um, and um, I was happy with her results and how she changed during the trainings. But yeah. another thing was the um, um, psychological. She just, she just, for some reason, she couldn't show the same skiing on the competitions. Okay, right, right. And, yeah. and, she, was, and she was going through the same thing for years. And uh, also that, this was like a big part of her decision to stop because um, like, yeah, she could see the big improvement. Um, we were shooting mm -hmm. a lot of videos, analyzing videos, but she just couldn't, couldn't do the same on the, on, on race day. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Hey, so, so Thomas, um, yeah. so tell me since you started out, say doing, to, like being in an instructor course, so being, you know, taught how to be an instructor. From the get-go, did you start hearing things that did not make sense with what you were seeing? Do you understand my question? Yeah, yes. Um, yes. Yeah, it was 100%. 100%. Okay. Tell me about those things. <laughs> so, first of all, I... It was about counter rotation. So I don't believe in counter rotation and uh, mm -hmm. like people were just telling me that I have to do this, but I, I like, and they, they didn't, they couldn't really explain and why? bring me the, and bring me the fact like, why should I do, why should I be in such position? Because, um, they were just saying that this is the right position and this is how the people ski. And they were even showing the images from like top athletes, world cup skiers. Yeah. 
but I was um, I was feeling that um, this is well there is some misunderstanding be- between the image they show and yes. how how to get to this point of the turn yes and how and how how world cup skiers um like get to this point in which position they are because yes. what we what we see on the picture is the um, let's say first of all pictures are not moving right so yeah. we don't know what we don't know what what was a second before this image and what was right after this image uh that's one thing another thing um why i didn't believe in encounter is that i tried in my skiing especially when i started to like doubt uh, the other people opinions i started to make a lot of experiments with the position uh, in different part of the turns and uh, i could just feel that the if i always stay in a counter position i just don't have power i like i just cannot work with my ski there uh-huh. is a, there is a there is a part of the turn where it is necessary but i'm talking about the exit of the turn the the last part of the turn yeah but yeah but at, but at that time it's you a different for a different reason right it's a, for a different yeah. reason and at that point you don't need to have a powerful position anymore so you are releasing no. yeah so tell me when you were sort of first hearing thomas you need to counter you need to counter were, were well, they were they saying like to help you angulate to help you balance on the outside ski were these the the short reasons they were giving you yeah mostly yes because yeah. it was um it was easier to angulate it was but also about angulation i'm i guess you will ask me a lot of questions about uh, inclination inclination and, yeah right right so talking about angulation i didn't really feel that um like i i could feel that more i bent more i angulate uh less power i have and less um, power I could I could bring to my ski yeah so, and I was trying to like stay in a different position and and just compare the feelings and compare the 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 way the ski behaves and it was yeah I was I was surprised that like trying different thing it, like gives me more control more result more um, precision during the turn and so I could I could just have a different skiing on on steeper slopes or uh, more difficult terrain yes so what do you know what was it just because you before the instructor courses did a lot of skiing without people telling you what you should and shouldn't do and it makes me wonder because i know you're like quite a high level kayak like yes, water yes water kayaker so yeah I'm just guessing you are sort of a bit of a natural athlete. So you know what feels right when you're doing a sport. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're well, always measuring it by that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, I was actually, when I started to think about my skiing, my old skiing and uh, like I wanted to improve, I wanted to ski 
steeper slopes. I wanted to ski cleaner lines. I wanted to ski with more control. I started to like analyze what I do and I started to compare my positions in different parts of the turn to um, other skiers, right? To other mm -hmm. sports as well. Yes. Just, to, just to understand why, why um, in other sports people are having very similar positions. But if, if you take skiing, there are so many, so many different options and so many different uh, opinions about how you have to be in which kind of position you have to be at the beginning of the turn or middle of the turn and so on. And then um, I just started to analyze the animals, how the animals move. And mm -hmm. uh, I, any, yeah. Any specific animals? In, well, like, like, I don't know. Running, running tigers, running goats, yeah. Yeah. like anything, horses. And yeah. uh, I was, I was, yeah, it was, it's awesome. kind of, it's kind of funny, but. Uh, no, it's not. It's not funny. I'm, I'm hundred percent sure that you won't see, uh, for example, if we take the horse, right? You yeah. won't see horse running on the circle um, in a counter position. And, yeah. And, all the horses you will take, they will run in exactly the same way. They will have exactly the same position, right? Yeah. So they have no idea what is, what is, what is well, good, good horse right running and yeah. what is not good horse running. Yeah. yeah. What, what, is a, what is a good grip? What is a bad grip? Like how, yeah. what is angulation and so on. So yeah. I, I, <clears throat> I guess they, they, well, for sure they feel the, the physics. Yeah. And they, they are trying to um, get the most um, effective position, right? Yeah. To, yeah. to, get, to get the result, the best result. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, you won't see, if you take 100 horses, you will probably see just one way of running or like very similar. In a circle. Yeah. 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 And, and this got me to think a lot, like why skiing is so different and like what why why animals yeah. are moving the same way but people cannot use the same idea so what do you think why why is that why why are all these associations uh coming up with you need more counter you need to do this you need to use this part to turn here um well i think that um you should like the the main reason why I have so many different opinions, of course, is business. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's very difficult uh, to to agree that you your opinion is wrong, or well, I don't like I don't like the word wrong, but um, there is like it's for people for most of the people is, is difficult to take other person's opinion. Yes. So they, they just keep, keep pushing their own line. Yes. Yes. And, yeah. and, um, and it's, yeah. It's, Cause I guess like you, yeah. like you were saying, they were showing you videos of top athletes and they were saying, Hey, look at the counter. 
Yeah. And sure, you could probably see there, you know, from a particular way of looking at it, yes, okay, I guess you could call that counter, but the skier, you were seeing it, that it wasn't a deliberate movement. Right, it was, it, it was something different. I could see yeah. part, I could probably see part of what I was told, but I, I didn't really see it for 100%. Yes, yeah. that's one thing. And as I as I mentioned before, it was my main question was like, did you see how this athlete got to this point? Because most of the time we see the the pictures or um, or like videos or slow motion videos from from the athletes passing the gate, right? Yes, but. Um, like they all trying to make short line and there is a reason why they counter because they yeah. want to they want to protect themselves from the gate from like yeah. most of the time but again you can find you can like in in these days you can find a lot of good examples a lot of good videos from steeper slopes where athletes don't even touch the gate because yes. they they need to have this powerful position. They they want to stay uh, aligned with the skis, and they just they they don't go even close to the gate just to to keep this powerful position. They take a deeper line. But um, yeah. yeah, but like most of the time, we we see the pictures where athlete is counter rotated. Yeah, because it's a good like, action shot. It's a good action shot, right? And yeah, yeah. Um, but my main question always was like, yeah, I could see this this part of the turn, but what what did the athlete did before before getting here? Like, what, yeah, what was his movement? What was his position at the beginning of the turn? Like, why why we are not um, analyzing but, that part of the turn? Yeah. So did you get more answers in regards to what is the athlete doing before that at the top part of the turn when you went to the USSA? Um, Some yes, of the answers? Yeah, yes. yes and no. Because like yeah, okay. my, let's say um, the main, well, I remember the day when I started to doubt that I'm doing the right uh, movements during my skiing. And uh, that was the training with uh, Stefano Bellinieri. Yes. Do you know him? I do know him, yes. So um, we worked on the same ski resort and we, we used to ski together a lot. But I remember the day when he gave me his skis. We, ha we had exactly the same ski, exactly the same radius. And um, I just followed him. And I realized that like, I couldn't really follow his tracks and something is wrong with me because, um, because I'm bigger. I'm a little bit, well, like he's, he's a small guy. So I'm a little bit taller, yeah. I'm slight, slightly heavier. So I thought that I could, um, I could work with the ski much more and, and bend the ski more, but actually I was like totally wrong because mm -hmm. I just, I just couldn't follow his tracks. And then I started, and then I started to um, compare his videos with my skiing, with my videos, and I just yeah. realized 
I just realized that in some parts of the turn, like actually the, the first part and, well, let's say until the fall line, from the transition until the fall line, I was in a slightly different position, especially with my hips. Especially and what was back. the position? Were you a bit like, too countered? Right. I was, <laughs> I, was, I was too countered and I had too much angulation. Yeah. So I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't really, like my ski was on the edge, but I couldn't really work with it. And, yeah. I started, and that was the point from where I started to think about uh, my skiing and I started to like analyze different videos and I started to shoot a lot of media videos of myself just w even even if I couldn't shoot the video I was I was just trying to ski in a different position and 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 get these different feelings and understand so almost why. like rote not counter rotated but you're probably trying to rotate into your right. turns yes yeah. well yeah. I was I was trying different things I was trying like If you're serious about stepping up your skiing skills, listen up. I've been working closely with the Carve team for over four years and they've just unveiled a groundbreaking feature, Active Coaching Mode. And here's the lowdown. Launch it at the top of your run and go through a quick calibration with 10 turns and it sets a baseline just below your current skill level. From there, every turn is a challenge, adapting on the fly to your skill, terrain and conditions. No fluff, just a gamified experience pushing you to ski better every turn. It does this by using a super thin insole lined with small pressure sensors and motion detectors. It's like having a personal coach analyzing your every move. And here's the sweet part. If you hit a hot streak with excellent form and you're in for double or triple points, it's addictive, rewarding. Like I said, it's a very gamified experience and it transforms every run into a step towards better skiing. If you're intrigued, and you should be, check out Carve and dive into active coaching mode. Just Google Get Carve to find out more and as a bonus, enter code GELLY15 to take 15% off. It's amazing. I've heard from the Carve team that now nearly over a third of the users are using active coaching mode when they go out and ski with it. So why not give it a try yourself? Completely different things just to understand what, what happened. What, 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 what's going to happen next if I'm in this kind of position or what's going to happen next in, if I do this kind of move? And, um, there was a lot of, a lot of falling. <laughs> yeah. I caught, ah, oh, that's good to hear. Yeah. 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 A lot of, but then a also lot of pro probably a lot of good feelings too though. Yes. Oh yeah. Of course. I was, I was, yeah. I was so happy when I, when I could feel that uh, I, I just, I just did it, did it right because it was, I could feel like a lot of power, a lot of acceleration coming out of the turn and it was like completely different feeling and I could feel that uh, I can go on the steeper slopes and try the same things there. And yeah, and yeah. yeah, it was, it was a lot of, um, a lot of fun actually to try and see what is the outcome. And then I'm just looking quick question. I, like so I've got your Instagram here. Yeah. I'm looking at say like 26th of March, 2018, uh book of l and yeah. you're sort of like you've got no poles blue jacket um outside hand on your hip inside hand is touching the snow is this is this after you've already been playing or are you still playing with stuff at this moment well uh no that that was already 
when I went to Bukovel, so I got invited. To the, they have a big ski school there, um, around 300 people. And um, I got invited there to run the course for the ski instructors because they were also not happy with the, <clears throat> with the system yep. they went through. And uh, they knew that I went to US, but actually when I went to US, it was more about, uh, of course, I got, I got new information there. But it, it was it was more um, just to understand and hear my thoughts from um, big name coaches. So yes, you know so I mean? sometimes like confirmation, I'm not crazy. Yes, right, correct. Because because <laughs> because because when I started to doubt that angulation is uh, not always the right, like if you angulate too much this probably takes the power off your ski. I thought that, well, if there are so many people thinking that this is right and I'm the only one thinking that this is wrong, maybe, maybe yeah. I'm, maybe I'm crazy, but I, yeah. I, I, I just, I just kept, kept trying different things. And when I went to us, um, I would say like 90% of my thoughts, um, they were like, man, you are doing the right thing and you just, you just keep going, doing it yep. and yep. keep experimenting. Of course, there were some, some, some explanations and some opinions from, from the coaches there, which I thought that um, you could do it in a different way and could get a better result. Can but you give was, an example? Because um, that's interesting. Yeah, they... Um, what I remember, they were um, they were telling a lot about the pressure on the on the um, how you call it the tang of your um, ski boot, the like front part. Oh, of the like the the cuff, the front cuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was one part, but I I also think that you use it at the certain part of the turn, like you do this movement on a certain part of the turn, but not always. And yes. when, I, when I, when I went there for the, the second time, I had, um, I had a chance to ski with a U.S. um, U.S. ski team athlete. Um, it was, um, his name was, uh, Casey Puckett. He was yep. in the, he was in the national team for 20 years. Yep. And he was doing the same course with me. Yep. And I, I asked him this question just on the chairlift, like, what do you think about, um, yeah, like the pushing the on, pressure pushing on the front on. of the boot. Yeah. yeah. And he said, uh, if you do it, uh, you do it in the first part of the term, but not, not the, the whole thing, not the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and why? Was, and well, because, uh, we want to, we want to use the, the, the ski from the tip to the tail. And, yeah. uh, at the beginning of the turn, you want to, to, you want your tip to grip the snow, but then if you keep doing, if you keep pushing on the front part of the ski boot, uh, yeah, the back through, through the through the yeah through the whole turn, yeah. then then the you just lose your tail. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that was like his words were exactly what I thought uh, yeah. about using the ski boot. Yeah, and um, yet I, I bet also, like the the problem is yeah. Like some coaches can say, 
pressure the front of your boot, but they don't say for this part and only until here, because if you keep doing it here, then a negative thing happens. Like that's where I think Correct. Uh, Correct. things, I guess, go wrong. And it's like, yeah, there's no context of like when, how much, why. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. And I think it's, it's exactly the same with the counter rotation, with angulation and so on. That, yeah. um, of course, we, we want to do this kind of movements, but we really have to understand where exactly we do it and yeah. where we have to do something different. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So from that, that coaching course, that would, was that the main one? Cause you said like 90% was kind of confirmed as what you thought would, would the main 10% then be that boot thing or was there anything else? Um, that you like could it, yeah, it was, it was also about um, the footwork. Well, yeah. From, from your, uh, from, from, from your interviews with other people, I could hear um, ankle movement, but I like, I would probably talk about the same thing, but I call it footwork. Yep. And um, as far as I understand in US, coaches are not allowed to give exercises to people with unbuckled ski boots. With open oh, really? Boots. Well, that's, that's what they told me. Okay. That yep. uh, when they work with kids, it's not really allowed because if the kid gets injured because of this, then... Okay. Yeah, then it's yep. kind of a bad story. Mm -hmm. And um, so when when they were asking me about like what 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 would be your main focus in your skiing, and I mentioned that because I spent a lot of time skiing with unbuckled ski boots. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for them, it was kind of like, well, I, I don't want to say new thing, but uh, as they are not allowed to do this, it was I could I could feel that I I can explore and explain more them, things more yeah. things than uh, than I hear from them maybe maybe they know it but hey, on, um, that, on these two courses that we we didn't really talk about uh, this topic okay so that was one of the other missing bits hey you know what it makes me think of I bet in your kayaking like you could use an analogy your foot inside the ski boot is the same as your legs inside the kayak. You really have to work your legs like against the kayak to hold and maneuver it and manipulate it. Right. Very actively. Yeah. Yes, of course. Because yeah, uh, same more, with the foot inside the boot, right? Right. More contact you have in your kayak, more control you have uh, on the river. Because yeah. if, if you are like a, let's say pencil in the, in the glass, then it's, yeah. you don't, you don't have control same no. as same as uh with the ski boots but um yeah. like why i'm skiing with unbuckled ski like i'm doing a lot of skiing with open ski boots yeah. um because um this helps me a lot to find the balance and actually to train myself at the beginning of the season to get to the right position to well not right but the most comfortable position because nothing supports you and you have to really, right. you have to find the balance and you have to work actually more with your, with your ankle and your foot yeah. just yeah. to control your ski. 
Yeah. And then when I closed the, the ski boot afterwards, then it's just completely different skiing. Yeah. Yeah. I'd 100% agree with that. 100%. Yeah. 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 It's interesting that I was just, just that the kayak kind of crossover. Um, like, yeah, the same thing. Cause I remember just watching a, I was just watching a YouTube video on like, you know, some guy just yeah. turning in a kayak and he's talking about jamming your knee like right up into the yeah. inside of the boat, you know, because so then when you actually put the oar or the paddle in the water, like close to a hundred percent of the effort actually translates into the, into the raft, you know, the kayak, yeah. not, not lost in, in, um, yeah, floppy, yeah, movement. Yeah, correct. So, yeah. And like most in kayaking, most of the movements are done uh, with your legs and uh, your pelvis. Yeah, arms are just just like you hold the pedal and you kind of uh, control what what what's going on. But most yeah. of your movements, like control of your boat, is done not by your upper body. It's actually yeah from your foot to your pelvis. Yeah, cool. So do you now feel like quite, do you feel any similar parallels, even though you never really, you don't get that much centripetal force in kayaking, do you still feel like, sim is it, yeah, do you feel any similarities between those? Oh, sports? yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, in, yeah. I, well, as I said just before, um, like everything, happens in your pelvis and and legs and legs yeah so this this chain is actually so much related and mm -hmm. uh, when i think about my skiing it's like 100 percent the same thing if i if i'm um in a good control between my foot and my pelvis then i I just have so much control. And so I, I could do many different things on the skis. Yeah. If yeah. I'm losing, if I'm losing the control between these two uh, points, I mean, there are more in between, right. But like, this would be for me, for my skiing, this would be kind of a main thing, the chain between my foot and my uh, pelvis. If I lose control there or power there, then I start to feel less power on my skis i start to feel less grip on my skis and and so on yeah so yeah i just I've, yeah i've been experimenting with as many different things like i bought a skateboard i used to skateboard when i was younger yeah uh, 20 years ago anyway i bought right. a skateboard again and it's all the same things it's yeah. like you know i'm playing with like using inclination to force me to use yeah. my legs quicker for a short, like a really short carved skateboard turn. So instead right. of like pushing the board around, I'm kind of falling over and in and I'm forcing right. my legs to really work fast to catch me. Whereas if I don't fall in, they don't need, you know, I have to push my legs. Yeah. I'm trying to make my legs react, which is yeah. way faster. Yeah. So maybe but this I leads us into that. Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was, I was, um, that was another point you just, you just uh, started to talk about going away from the, from your board. And that was another thing um, which was kind of uh, doubtful for me when I started to hear that, like, if you want to have a shorter radius turn, um, you have to push on your um, 
ski boot harder or you have to push yeah. the ski harder. Ski harder, yeah. yeah. And and then I um again I started to doubt like what what like is it true or not? Because I could see the at the same same ski instructor course, I could see the guy who is like 90, 90 kilograms and the girl who is like 50 kilograms yeah. half half weight as as the guy but yeah. the, the the girl can can bend the ski much more than the guy and i was yeah. like what, what like how how it is possible and yeah. then I, I i just again i started to experiment and it was just impossible to bend the ski if you are above the ski so yeah yeah yeah, if I exactly. if I want if I want to move <clears throat> if I want to bend the ski I have to move away from the ski and then I have at least I have a space for the ski to bend. Otherwise, mm-hmm. otherwise if I'm just above the ski, there is no chance I can make it. Yes. Yeah. So then, yeah. Why don't we go into the inclination thing? Because because yeah. you're talking about Stefano Bellingeri and you figured yeah. out that that was the main difference and you realized that you were angulating and countering, which actually stops inclination. Yeah. <laughs> so how did, so you got to there, what did you start doing? Or do you want to talk to us about inclination? Well, um, yeah, again, I started to trying different things i i was trying to move away from the ski i wanted to have this um great pictures where you touch the ground with your hip and um, yeah. but it, it was it was more about understanding the skiing not about having those pictures yeah. but um but um yeah i just realized that if if i want to have the shorter radius turn and cleaner line I have to do something with my ski. Otherwise, if I'm above the ski, there is no chance with such position angulating and countering. There is no way I can, I can get the same radius as, um, Stefano was doing. And, and as like people on the world cup, uh, can make. So I was, I was trying to move away from the ski. I was trying to, um, actually go away from the ski with different parts of my uh, body but yeah i was trying to to go with my shoulders and and see what's like where is my weight yeah what happens where is my weight on the outside ski or it's just moving to the inside ski i was trying to to move away from the ski with my hips with my knees and like just it was a lot of experiments a lot of trying different things a lot of falling a lot of uh, good feeling and yeah. uh yeah just step by step i was i was just collecting the um, the good feelings and and trying to yeah. build uh, the picture and so actually, what year was this roughly or what season like when yeah it was it, I, I would say it was like 2014 yeah. 15 and yeah 16 i already got the picture and i already knew what is this is how we do it yeah what is what is not very good on different uh, type of snow yeah 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 cool and uh another thing it was um it was actually good to try different different um options on 
on different kind of snow because I thought like at the beginning I thought that well if you if you just move away everything will happen but if you have a different different slope or different um, type of snow it's also you have to adapt and uh, that's actually another point um, where I started to understand that explanation on the courses has to be very uh, variable because uh, if you say that well if you if you say to people that you have to do this and this and conditions are changing you have to change also the movements mm -hmm. and uh, for me like experimenting and trying different things with my skiing was um, like kind of uh, opening the world um, for myself because I could feel that like the movement I just did on the on the hard snow is not really working on on this kind of snow or or softer snow yes. or, or, or yeah so and um, it's um, and then I I also got to the point where skiing and all these movements became more like a prediction so you you, you get the you get the um, experience from your past turns yes. and you kind of and you kind of trying to predict what's going to happen on yeah this slow before it's happened <laughs> yeah yeah before it yeah. happens yeah yeah, Be yeah yeah because when i when i started to experiment it was actually the analysis was right after it happened but yes with the time with the time it changed so i could i could really tell what is going to happen if I do this on my next turn there and what, what will be the outcome? Because I already had this 1000 falls before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, so along that way, did you like, have you ever been someone that's had to modify their ski boots much to get, like the best alignment so it's easier for you to do all these things um yes i always i always do well since um last six years seven years i always um pay attention to my ski boots like how they feel and like what is the setup but to be honest i don't do it myself mm -hmm. so i ha i have a friend he he used to work uh, for the World Cup team and he was the boot feeder there and um, serviceman. So he's which, actually... Which doing, team? Which country? Uh, he was doing... Uh, he was working for Liechtenstein. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so he's... I'm 100% sure that he knows much more and he, he can make it better. I mean, <laughs> I, would, I would like to learn more about this, but... Um, I'll, you're, got, probably, you're using your time for other things. Yeah, and I'm yeah. probably a little bit. A do, little bit do you want to give him like a shout out? So in case, like, does he work in a boot shop that other people uh, can go and see him? Well, he stopped. He he's doing different thing now. So okay, right. Yeah. So you're lucky. You you can always go and see him with a new pair of boots. Well, as as he's my friend, so I can always ask him for help. But um, yeah. he's not yeah. he's not doing it anymore. So yeah, okay. Because it's hard to find a good boot fitter. 
Yeah, that's true. In my experience, I should say in my experience. Yeah. Yeah. So do you know roughly what sort of things you get done, what you do with your boots? Uh, Well, first of all, counting. Yeah. Um, Second, second thing, what I was always doing is the, um, um, the foot pad. Yep. Just to have more support because um, like I used to ski with original uh, foot pad from, from the, um, from the producer. Yeah. But uh, I could feel that uh, like I just one time I decided to like, well, let's, let's, let's make a custom one. And um, it was a different feeling because of different support of your, um, of my foot. Yeah. And I, I could see that like all these movements I'm trying to do with my ankle and foot is actually like the ski reacts much better earlier um, more control, more precise. And, uh, yeah, since that time I'm always doing like foot pad counting and, uh, last season, well, actually this season, past season at the beginning of past season, I, uh, made the custom inner boot. Oh, the custom line. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I didn't have chance this season to ski much with it. So I, I'm not ready to tell you, uh, the results of um, having the custom one, because yes. like mo- most of the past season, I was I was uh, coaching the the athlete and like with kid, but I I didn't really have a chance to use it much. Yes, yeah. So I'm still I, I'm still struggling with uh, with my uh, opinion about how good or bad it is. So at the moment, um, there is there is no answer. Okay. Yeah. Need more research to be done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. Hey, like coming back to the, the conversation, like the analogy of the kayak, like the body inside the kayak working to kind of really move it and the foot being the same and how you've done a lot of work with boots undone. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. Like, I get what you're saying about the supported footbed thing. Um, It's been a while since I've had a footbed that has like, I'm putting inverted commas like support because I'm trying to work my foot uh, in a way that applies more pressure. So if I can stiffen my foot with my own body and muscles, like you would be training when you uh, are doing boots undone. Yeah. Then you're able to like transfer that force much more directly, like either through the back half of the foot or like the ball of the foot at the front, because like pressure is, is force over area. And so you'll get more force if you can put it over a smaller, stiffer area than a bigger area. Yeah. So it's funny. Yeah. Like any thoughts on that? Well, uh, there is a funny story from a friend of mine. He was a World Cup skier uh, for like long time ago. So like old man. And yeah. he, sa- he said that um, all his um, ankle injuries he got after he finished skiing, just walking on the street because at that time they were, they were just not doing any exercise to train your muscles on your ankle 
Yeah. So they, they were just locked in, in this key boot and um, for for many years. And yeah. when he was he was just walking on the street like a couple of times, he was uh, having hard times. If you have hmm. like un- unstable unstable surface, he was having like hard time because the, the muscles were just so weak. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, like same, if we if we go back to kayaking, it's um, I should probably uh, kind of pay more attention to my ski boots uh, and do it myself because I never well like all the work I did uh, with my kayak to 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 make it like form better feels, feels right and form better is actually by was done by by myself, but uh, I I've never I've never actually done anything done that with this yeah 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 like you you got a good point so i i should probably pay more attention to that (laughs) yeah yeah no no just bringing up that like given how like it just it's cool because i i feel like i work a similar way in questioning things like if you see something it doesn't make sense you're not sure if you're crazy but you just go try and experiment anyway yeah like yeah i was just interested if you'd done that much with the ski boot side of things but maybe that's maybe that's your next uh thing yeah that's my next yeah next next chapter (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) cool hey and so the do you find that that i've seen you do a bit of rollerblade training with some of your uh people do you find that is a really effective dry land tool uh well i was a little bit skeptical about this because I didn't really try it before. And uh, well, again, I was talking to Stefano and he's a very good uh, skater or how you call him. Um, and um, he was like, he's actually training the Italian team right now. Yeah. Uh, in line skating. And uh, he said, he said to me that it's very effective. So you have to try it. And uh, last summer we didn't have chance with my athlete to go and um, train on the on the snow during the summer, so I yeah. decided I decided yeah, well, let's just, just try this thing. It's something different. It's um, yeah. It will bring us for sure. It will bring us new things and new knowledge, and then yeah. we we'll, then we will decide if we want to keep it or we just forget about it. And uh, when we tried, I could I could like see that um well i i don't know how what is the proper way to build the training program or training process uh on inline skates but yeah. i was i was i thought that uh let's let's just do exactly the same what i do in my short turns or yeah. um, while i'm training so we did so and um uh, it was a very big surprise when we got back on the snow. It was like, I was surprised so much that, uh, like we didn't like both of us, we didn't feel that there was a, such a long break between our last session on the snow and, and this training. Uh-huh. So it felt like we just skied a week ago. Last time it was a week ago, but actually it was like a few months. Okay. Yeah. Right. It, did yeah, you would you say there was anything uh new you learned then because it sounds like it definitely kept you kind of 
feeling the mo- movement patterns of like of sort of inclination and and tilting and it's, you know guiding any yeah. new things it, it was it was well i would say it wasn't new but it was um confirmation of uh the thoughts i have on my on my skis it was yeah okay like if if you don't uh if you don't um make inclination if you don't incline there is no chance you can um turn the the skates yeah uh, like because it's if you are above the skate it's uh, almost impossible to rotate the the skate the foot yeah so yeah. to be able to turn you have to go away from the from the skates from your foot you have to incline yeah. and then it happens much easier another point yes. was another point was there is uh, almost no chance to turn if you are not working with your pelvis if you are yeah. in count- if you are in a counter position no chance you can turn like yeah. you just just the, you are you are just going straight you want to turn but it's not not happening so yeah. there was a, there was a good point because like on the on the skates what i feel that i have to work with my pelvis and my my hips and my lower body way more than on the skis because on the skis you just put somehow you put the skis on the edge and ski will turn but on the skates it's not not happening yeah i did so, i did a, a webinar uh, yeah. last week on like four and a half balance yeah and i was pointing out um like rollerblading like when people rollerblade and do short turns like you on your instagram that girl yeah like her upper body is it's very easy to keep it stable and quiet yeah like so yeah. much more than than skiing yes would you agree yeah. Uh, yes, I agree, but I also think that this relate this is related to the surface because you have well, if if you train in the on the good surface, then it's always constant. Exactly. Yes, I was saying to the people on the webinar that the the reason why is because, like on the rollerblades, there's friction consistent, like you said, sort right. of feedback yes. on grip. Yeah. And so your upper body doesn't feel like it's all over the place when it puts the four and a half balance wrong, but on snow, you move too forward too much, too back too much. And then the pivot point changes and now the ski is sliding and then you're twisting your body to try and stop it. And so I just thought it was really interesting um, that, you know, that's, that's something that really shows out. And and the main thing really is, is just the the friction and yeah like that's really it um sort do of you train do, do you train much on the rollerblades no but i've been thinking of uh of getting a pair i was i got the skateboard to kind of yeah do it um but also for another couple of reasons but yeah i've been thinking about just trying to find a cheap pair to just just play with those feelings yeah i was as i said i was I, I couldn't I couldn't really when we were training on the um, on the rollerblades I couldn't really feel the improvement or how could I bring this kind of movement to my skiing or to her skiing yeah. but uh, as I said when we got to the snow I was like we both were really surprised how okay how it was very tr- transferable 
would you say? Yes, yes. yes. It, was, it was very similar and it was like so much control. You know, like, well, I don't know how, how long is your break between, between the end of the season and beginning of the next ski season. But we had, we had like something about three months. And uh, like, I always feel kind of weird first few days on yeah. the snow after such a long break. But yeah. here, here after these trainings, it was it was like much quicker. Yesterday. Yeah, it was like yeah. from, from the very first run, it was good feeling. That's cool. Have you ever have you thought about trying to go to like the skate park and play with it more inside like a bowl, so then yes. you get more of a three dimensional? Correct. Kind of... I, yeah, because you have a terrain, like yeah. terrain changes and uh yeah i was i was thinking about this a lot but uh i guess i need uh, to practice more just to have more control and uh yeah. better better protection gear <laughs> yeah because that was the reason the skateboard really like i'm gonna learn i mean with the coronavirus thing now all the skate parks are shut but i was working yeah. towards going back to like riding uh the half pipe yeah because of the fact that in skiing you're always when you're turning on a slope you're changing fore and aft balance yeah constantly like like you like back to your thing it's not always shin pressure on the boot right and yeah. so i really wanted to experiment with trying to get my body to feel like the fore and aft changes which is so much more dramatic when you're going up and then back down and then onto the flat and then back up again on the half pipe yeah and i thought that would be a really good training tool to just yeah, um what I, what I was what I was using um just to understand how how I should move with this four half balance on the skis I was uh I was using a lot of uh ski like skiing with my ski boots ah uh, yeah yeah cool just yeah just to understand like how do I have to adapt to the changes of terrain because on the skis it's obvious that it's uh you can do it or you you just can forget about it and yeah stay, stay for the terrain changes and you stay in the back position yeah you feel, you feel slightly uncomfortable but it's not that you are kind of dying because of that yes but with the ski boots it's um it's a little bit different because if you if you don't adapt then you are just falling you're falling <laughs> yeah that's a very good point made me yeah. think of when i was in in aspen I was really trying to figure out some things in my mogul skiing. Yeah. And what really clicked was I, I just stood at the bottom next to this restaurant where there was this mound of hard snow, like as though a mogul was there and I yeah. took my skis off and I was just moving my foot. Like how would I have to really feel to go, you know, up and over yeah. smoothly and still allow my center of mass to keep yeah going forward because with the ski on the tail is like digging in and you just don't get you don't get the same feeling of accuracy yeah yeah right yeah so that makes total sense what you're saying about the boot but skiing. I, yeah but i also think that like if if we think about um going from the slalom ski and going to the ski boot skiing then it's it's just the, the question about um the changes of your um support length right yes yeah so yeah. what i'm what i'm 
trying to do now is I'm trying to change the skis pretty much every week. I mean, changing, trying to like, ski with a different ski um, every every week. Yeah. Because, uh, and then it's it's kind of like the transition from one ski to another if you spend for example a lot of time on your slalom skis and then you go to gs long gs ski then it's again you need like some time to adapt but if, yep. if i just uh, found out that if um well at least for my skiing i found out that if i change the skis like pretty much every week then the transition is so much easier you just yeah you just don't don't get used to one pair and you quickly jump to another and you always kind of have to think like what do you have to do with your with your balance with your movements to make yeah. this this key turn better yeah yeah totally totally yeah. you know uh, I, I thought i'd share something i was reading um like a, a, a textbook about like the body and and that sort of stuff last night that i hadn't read in a long time yeah. And it was this uh, section about um, like motor patterns or movement patterns. And the guy gave the example of, of a signature, like when you sign the back of your credit card, a signature. Yeah. And, and he said, like, most of the time we thought that, like, so that would be a certain set of muscles and movements of joints in the yeah. hand and yeah. fingers. Yeah. But the thing is, once we do it enough, like if you then did a signature on a gigantic blackboard where you're now using your arms and your spine as well as your hand, yeah, you probably wouldn't see much difference in how it looks. Like it would be very recognizable. Yeah. And so yet that's a completely different kind of pattern. Like it's not just the wrist. It's like the whole body. And so it was really interesting for me to see that. Um, and I was thinking about how a lot of ski coaches, we, we use our hands to, when we're, when we're stopped, we use our hands to describe like what the feet are doing. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, this is what they're doing in the transition. And I was thinking, I bet you with some people, like if you ask them to describe like someone who's maybe not skiing so well and you're trying to help them, describe how they were transitioning using their hands i bet you would see the same fault <laughs> yeah with right. how they move their hands and arms and because i was doing it and i was and i was even seeing that oh yeah when i move my hands and i'm describing the top of the turn like my chest leans in like inclination yeah <laughs> right if you try it now like just think about doing like a real like a really steep run trying to get high edge angles do you yeah. do the same thing yeah exactly yeah <laughs> like you don't just do your hands yeah like, like your shoulder blades everything right moves. i think i think you your brain is is so busy with this uh thinking and like analyzing what is your movements actually that like your not only your hands starts starts to move so you're kind of like moving the pretty much the same way as you would move on the skis yeah yeah and so this guy in this book went on to say it's it's a feeling like what we learn are more feelings because they even took a monkey and like cut out of the brain 
the part where they thought like the motor pattern part of the brain where they thought that the movement lived. Yeah. And what happened is the monkey kept doing the movement pattern, but it would just use different muscles, but it could still do it. So say it was like, you know, yeah. pick up a ball and throw it. It could still do it. It didn't stop it when it took out the original, like the most efficient way. It just did it with a whole different set of muscles until you, until they cut out every single possible opportunity. And that's yeah. when it couldn't do it anymore. Yet yeah. if they took away, this is the interesting thing again, if they took away the, the sensory part, so the feelings of pressure, um, yeah. tension, it was like it was completely back to, to square one. It couldn't do it. Yeah. So most of our movement patterns are in feelings and, and sense sensory stuff, not in the actual actions of the muscle part, like of the whole quarter. Like I found that so interesting. Well, what, what I found out um, actually when I started to run the courses, um, there was a, like the model, the way you, the coach would explain to your, to his um, students, it was just saying that you have to do this, 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 and, and people were trying to, to do it. But uh, I found that when I started to run courses, I, I was really looking forward to hear the, the feelings from people when they do exactly the same move or exercise what I do just to compare my feelings and, and their feelings. And their feelings. Yeah. Just to understand if we are on the right track or if we have a completely different feeling than, uh, yeah. than I was, I was forced to, to see that, the difference in my movements and, and his movement because yeah, this, and this actually helped me so much uh, in my skiing because I was, I was getting the feedback. Uh, if you have 10 people in your group or five people in your group, you have your own feelings and then you have five other sources from where you could get the information and, and compare it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a good, good actually point. Yeah, absolutely. And I bet you, you had some good breakthroughs because of that with, with the group and yourself. Yeah, sure. And like yeah. the, the, the benefit, what I was getting is actually like most of the time, especially at the like very, very low level skiers, I was, we were having different feelings. And yeah. I was, I was really forced to pay attention to like little details. Like, yes, what is, what is, what is the difference? What is like, why this person gets something different than, than I get. Yeah. And uh, it, it was it, like, I, I was, I started to actually pay a lot of attention to like this little things. Yeah. And it, it actually brought me to the, different let's say a different level of uh analyzing things yeah 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 that's very cool that's exactly what i feel i have to do when people come in here and they go my back hurts on the right yeah. hand side right here and i have to like watch them move and like how are you doing that and it, yeah you have to because i'm used to the way i'm moving with no pain at the moment and yeah like how would it be possible to do what recreate what they're doing? It's um, yeah, it's a very good point to make of that. Yeah. Really good for your own learning.
And also, Instead well, stopping at that point of like, no, you don't get it. I just feel this. I move yeah. my hip in forward and sideways, keep doing it, which is yeah. what so many people say to, you know, their athletes and students. Yeah. You'll get it one day. It's like, mm, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> Most likely not. <laughs> no, no, probably not. Cause you're still, you know, you've been skimmed for a while and you, you, you failed that course like three or four times and, you know, no, it's not just more javelin turns. It's yeah. like trying to figure out what you're doing in that turn, you know, that's actually the, the going to help you get through. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you just, you just, you just mentioned about the pain in, in, in the lower back. And actually I just, now I remember that um, going back to the topic of, uh, of uh, angulation and, and yep. uh I remember that I, I had a lot of pain in my uh, lower back uh, at the end of the day when I was trying to like carve or whatever, do some, some like some turns with the big forces. Yeah. But when I started to analyze and, and move differently, uh, like the pain was, pain was just gone. And yeah, like yeah. now I, now I feel hundred percent strong. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Hey, so um, Thomas, if we we're going to kind of maybe bring it up with a wrap up here. So yeah. would you say sort of in your own skiing and thoughts on skiing currently, because of course they might change in 2021, but, yeah. but currently in 2020, you are really trying to use inclination and, and be as aligned as much as you can. In, in nearly all your turns, like well, give us a summary of what the main things you are currently really kind of paying attention to in your skiing. Well, if I have to pick the main focus um, on my long radius carving turns, uh, most of the time I pay attention to my pelvis and my lower body. So I'm trying to find the strongest position like where i can get a lot of power like most of the power and bring it to my ski so i would if i would have to suggest i would suggest uh just trying to experiment and trying different positions and compare the feelings and compare the the way the ski behaves uh and then find the the most powerful position and if i talk about short turns any short turns on the moguls on the um, like soft snow or hard snow the most attention i pay i would say to well first stability of the upper body because if you are like if you are twisting or wobbling all around then it's difficult to pay attention to your um, skiing actually mm -hmm. so i would i would first pick the stability of the upper body and then uh, footwork and uh, ankle work uh, inside your ski boot nice yeah cool great so that's in a nutshell that's kind of what you are teaching on these courses next year um, yeah, this this would be this was my focus in the last few years, and this uh, yeah. I think this will stay 
yeah. uh, for at least next season. And then so if be- people are if people are interested in like getting in touch with you for these courses, how can they find you? Well, I think the best way is to go through the social media because we have a website, but at the moment the website is only in Russian. Yep. So I guess the best way would be to go through the social media channels and, and just yep. uh, text. Yep. And uh, I'm always yeah. open to talk to people. Yeah. And that's Thomas with yeah, two S's. Tom- yeah. It's Thomas Marnix um, on Instagram. And on Instagram. I, guess, I guess it's the same on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Perfect. Well, um, I've really appreciated the time you've taken to, to have a chat, Thomas. Yeah. Thank you so much for um, yeah making it happen. That's yeah. Good. No problem. Good to talk. I hope, I hope, I hope one day it's more than just talking. We get to go and, and ski and, you know, <clears throat> yeah. maybe run a, a run a camp in yeah, Russian definitely. and English together. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> this would be, this would be a different, different experience. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of interested uh, to like start working with with other people because uh, this this brings you the knowledge from from different people and uh, talk, talking is one thing, but actually seeing people life and seeing how they move is is a little bit different. Another. Because I guess I guess uh, well everyone everyone could explain and can explain much more also with hands or like showing different drills on the slope on the snow or mm-hmm. off the snow so this yeah. this is this is interesting topic and i would yeah i would definitely go for it excellent um all right well stay on the line i'm just going to uh stop the recording now but but thanks yeah. thomas thank you some of you may already know that i've been advising carve and working with the team for some time now And this year, the team has come up with probably some of the most exciting developments to date. They've been working on representing the most fun parts of skiing in their system. They've developed three brand new metrics, progressive edging, early weight transfer, and one that measures the G-force in a turn. And that one, I have to say, I got to try it out this winter in Australia, and that is really fun. This new addition is going to be incredible for anyone who's looking to really push their skiing up a notch. Now, what's even more interesting for this year is the system now detects what terrain you're on and pulls that into your Ski IQ score. This is a huge change and a great upgrade because sometimes it would only really score well if you were skiing on perfectly groomed snow. Now it's going to accommodate and adjust whether you're skiing in steeper slopes, more chopped up snow or firmer snow. So this is a very big change that I think is massive kudos to the team to keep pushing and progressing the app even further. If you're the kind of skier that is looking for a tool to help push your technique that little bit further, then you should definitely check out what Carve can do. Use the code GELLY15, that's G-E-L-L-I-E-1-5, to get 15% off for the next two weeks.